the human cost of climate change. More than 6.7 million new internal disaster displacements were recorded between January and June 2019. Taken to the skies to combat air pollution. This is the Met Office Civil Contingency Aircraft Mocha. It's a Cessna 421, actually built in 1976, but uh, still going strong today. And one man's obsession with lightning. First I was a bit scared when I was a child and then at some point I found thunderstorm clouds really dramatic and interesting. It's Thursday the 12th of March and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and this is Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Since 1993, the World Meteorological Organization, or WMO, has issued annual statements on the global climate. The role of these reports is to inform governments, international agencies and the general public about global weather and climate trends. The latest report has been published and the findings suggest a climate in crisis. Here's what the report has to say on sea levels. In 2019, sea level continued to rise, with global mean sea level reaching its highest value since high-precision altimetry records began in 1993. The average rate of rise is estimated at 3.24 millimetres per year over a 27-year period. A greater loss of ice mass from the ice sheets is the main cause of the accelerated rise, on top of steady increases caused by the expansion of ocean waters driven by warming. The WMO statement also covers cyclone activity. Global tropical cyclone activity in 2019 was above average, with the Northern Hemisphere experiencing 72 tropical cyclones, compared with the annual average of 59. Greenhouse gas concentrations are at their highest levels in three million years. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned that these latest findings mean globally we are way off track for 1.5 or 2 degrees of global temperature targets. The report highlights the human impact of changing climate, in this case disasters. More than 6.7 million new internal disaster displacements were recorded between January and June 2019, triggered by storm and flooding events such as Cyclone Ide in southeast Africa, Cyclone Fani in South Asia, Hurricane Dorian in the Caribbean and flooding in Iran, the Philippines and Ethiopia. Of all natural hazards, floods and storms have contributed to most displacement recorded in 2019, followed by droughts. The spread of disease is another area of great concern. Changes in climatic conditions since 1950 are making it easier for the Aedes mosquito species to transmit the dengue virus. In parallel, the global incidence of dengue has grown dramatically in recent decades, and about half of the world's population is now at risk of infection. So far, 70 countries have announced commitments to carbon neutrality by 2050. This represents less than a quarter of global emissions, and Secretary-General Guterres has warned that 2020 will be a pivotal year for climate action, emphasising the importance of action and consensus at the next climate conference in Glasgow in November. Air pollution is a serious global hazard. A recent German study suggests 2.9 years of life expectancy, on average, are lost due to exposure to air pollution. In recent weeks, the UK government has announced restrictions on certain types of polluting fuel used in domestic wood burners. 
The Clean Air Programme is a research project that will shape government policy on air quality and forms part of the government's clean air strategy. As part of the project, Met Office scientists are using a specially modified aircraft. To explain more about the project, here's air quality lead Matt Hort. Air quality is very important in the UK. Approximately 40,000 deaths are attributed to poor air quality in the UK each year and a cost of several billion pounds to the NHS and wider government departments and economy. WHO and UK standards, as well as European standards for air quality, indicate that we need to continue to improve our air quality. Medical research is increasingly showing medical effects, wide-ranging, not just through death, which was often being cited as an air quality impact, but through other aspects, everything through to cognitive development in children, as well as respiratory development. And this increasing understanding means that we are needing to explore more and more detail our air quality. My name's Joss Kent. I'm an expert scientist within the Met Office and I manage the Mocha Civil Contingencies Aircraft on a day-to-day -day basis. This is the Met Office Civil Contingency Aircraft Mocha. It's a Cessna 421, actually built in 1976 but uh, still going strong today. Um, is actually operated by a company called Alto Aerospace for the Met Office to uh, respond to a volcanic ash event if one was to happen within UK airspace and we're on 24-7 standby to get airborne. We were approached to put some new instrumentation on Mocha. So um, what we've done is we've installed an NO2 analyzer and what we call an AQ box which measures fine mode aerosol and also black carbon. And it sorts between PM10 and PM2.5 aerosol as well. So that's sort of the pollution aerosol that uh, Clean Air is interested in. Air quality in the UK is vastly improved since the 1950s and the great smogs. However, air quality remains a significant problem. Particulate matter in particular, emitted through combustion, but also braking, tyre wear from natural sources, contributes to poor air quality in the UK, as does nitrogen oxides from vehicles and industry, as does ozone, which is formed through chemical reactions in the atmosphere. Coupled to that, we're shutting a lot of power stations, we're getting rid of diesel and petrol cars, and therefore a lot of the, if you like, usual suspects are disappearing. Um, we're now having to look at less obvious sources potentially, such as biomass burning, wood burning stoves at home, our cooking using gas, aerosols we use for deodorants and household cleaning, and agricultural emissions. This presents us with lots of new scientific challenges in how we understand air quality and nuances that perhaps in the past we've been able to ignore because other sources were larger. In the nose bear of the aircraft is the main part of the kit, which is what I call the AQ box, air quality box. This is an unheated, unpressurised part of the aircraft, so we've had to build it to a certain quality that can cope with those sort of conditions. Uh, and mainly, it takes air through an isokinetic inlet. So an isokinetic inlet just samples air exactly the same speed as the aircraft. And the air comes into the AQ box, and from there we can sort it into PM10 or PM2.5 sized aerosol. Do we impact the actual air mass that we're flying in? Well, and, and the answer is probably yes. It actually burns about 170 litres an hour of aviation gas. Um, that compares to almost 3,000 litres an hour for a small regional jet, maybe 10,000 litres an hour for a large ship. So uh, yes, we do affect it, 
But if you think about what Mocha brings, certainly to the safety of the airways in a volcanic ash event, then it's a small price to pay, I would suggest, for the safety of, of passengers and for the economic impact on aviation in general. So in the fuselage, the cabin of the aircraft is the other half of the clean air installation. And it mainly consists of this NO2 monitor here. Forward of here on the forward rack, uh, there's an SO2 analyzer. So those three gaseous measurements, NO2, ozone and SO2, form part of the clean air measurements for this aircraft. The Met Office has extensive expertise and delivers national air quality forecast. The data gathered by Mocha is going to be shared with everyone in the UK research community and government communities. We're also linking together with other modellers who model streets and so attempting to bring air quality modelling down to details that are not commonly used in helping us manage air quality. Now here with his feet firmly on the ground is Alex Deacon with a look at the weather for the next few days. Well actually Claire, I've been standing on my tiptoes to look into the future for some fine weather and guess what, next week high pressure is moving in and so yes we can look forward to some drier conditions and perhaps a bit of spring sunshine. However, that's all to come next week. Before then, further ups and downs. Generally a fine day on Friday, just one or two showers here and there. It'll be a bit chilly, but that cold wind will be easing away. So for many, as I say, a fine Friday, but then in the west, next weather system arrives. That'll bring some rain on Friday night, followed by a mixture of bright spells and showers for most places on Saturday. Then another weather system arrives on Sunday, and this has got a waving weather front on it. Now, waving fronts are always tricky to predict the exact detail and the exact position of, so that's giving us forecasters a few headaches at the moment. But that waving front does bring the potential for some heavy rain in places on Sunday, particularly at the moment across parts of England and Wales. But as I said, there's always some uncertainty with these waving fronts. After a chillier day on Friday, as well as the cloud and rain this weekend, it will be turning again a little bit milder before all that gets shifted out of the way by high pressure and things settling down a bit next week. Thanks, Alex. This week is British Science Week, and as part of a new occasional series, we profile the work of Met Office scientist Sven-Erik Enno. Sven is involved in lightning detection, and first developed a passion for weather in his native Estonia. I was interested in weather in general since I was five or six years old. My dad used to do some very simple weather observations regularly. That's where my interest of weather started. My interest of thunderstorms started when I was a teenager, probably because there are sometimes really powerful and uh, scary thunderstorms in Estonia. First I was a bit scared when I was a child and then at some point I found thunderstorm clouds really dramatic and interesting. The lightning is like a giant electric spark that can be a few kilometers long and 30,000 degrees hot like five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Normally a couple of weeks every summer I work from Estonia because there are much more powerful thunderstorms there and 
during my free time I'm doing some storm chasing and storm photography so it's really nice to just after work go out and chase some storms. ATDNet is our current lightning location system. It works 24-7 uh, it detects lightning all over Europe and also outside Europe. Every day you have between 200 and 500,000 detections. We have lots of customers who are receiving the data in near real time. For example, aviation is interested in lightning data for turbulence, which is also associated with thunderstorms. Power creeps are using our data. You have some cases, some lightning damage has happened, like the power cut, for example, and then they ask you to search from the data and track down the probable lightning strike. Sometimes you can really find a particular strike and it's a kind of satisfaction that you're able to do it. I'm currently developing a new system that is going to be even better to increase the safety and preparedness of our customers. That's what really motivates me. Sven Eric Enno. Now, just before we go, here's Bonnie Diamond with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 2nd to Sunday the 8th of March. The highest max occurred at Heathrow Airport in London, which peaked at 14.3 degrees Celsius last Sunday. Minus 7 degrees Celsius was the lowest temperature recorded this week at Altnahara in the Northwest Highlands early on Friday the 6th of March. Achnagart, also in the Highlands, was the wettest place with 66.2 millimetres of rain recorded on Saturday the 7th of March. And the sunniest place was Aldergrove in Northern Ireland with 9.7 hours of sunshine recorded on Sunday. Thank you, Bonnie. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer is Adrian Holloway. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.